have, since Quark is on leave from the podcast for a few a few episodes, we entrusted or enlisted a dear, dear, dear friend of the pod who is probably our fourth leg in the Ensley table, so to speak, Ramon. <laughs> yeah, one of our sister show hosts, Mr. Chris Costello, who's actually hosting two different things, got dead air and bam. Yay! Among a real, among other things. Wow. How do you split your job, Chris? Jobs. Uh, well, I, I am very bad at it. Uh, as, as you would know, Mel, I, <laughs> we, I got to work harder on, on uh, releasing on, more, uh, on a better schedule, more uh, productive schedule. But yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, <laughs> originally, Ramon and I were going to talk about the movies that we've been watching, um, but because of the slate of the movies that that we have watched um and chris has seen all of them we also he also watched a, a premiere of a, a marvel movie premiere with us and we just felt it was fitting that he graced us with his presence all right thank you so much guys this is so cool i just have to say i've always wanted to be co-host of end slate yeah Whoa. yeah you it used to be miguel nashansano but yeah it used to be miguel <laughs> and then i'd always be like Wow, Miguel, why do they always go to you? Like, I'm right well, uh, here. Now, now his Twitter views are just too, like, he's too too big of a Twitter star. He's so hard to book right yeah. now. He's, he's so busy. Yeah. Yeah. He's so busy on bike Twitter. <laughs> he's too busy for our, our own podcast. <laughs> KOL. He's now a KOL. Oh, Knox yes. McNack. What's a, what's, a, what's a KOL? King of what? King of listicles. Ah, okay. <laughs> that made sense. Key opinion leader. Um, Ramon, so you can take us through our slate of movies for this part of the show. We've got a bunch of horrors, basically, and then one big tent pole, which kind of kicks off the real quote unquote summer season of Hollywood. Uh, oh, it does. Megaliths. That's right. So, but let's start with a smaller film. A small, smaller meaning it's only sixty million as opposed to the as opposed to the other movies with higher budgets. But um, I wanted to discuss um, Chris McKay's Renfield, which stars Nicholas, the two Nicks, Holt and Cage, uh, and this has Nicholas Cage in one of his dream roles ever since he was uh, a young weirdo. Uh, and he plays really, dra- yeah, of course. But Renfield? He's, he's a, no, no. He, he, Nicholas Holt plays Renfield. Cage, oh, right. okay, right, right. Plays right. Dracula, Vlad the Impaler himself, and uh, yeah. So <clears throat> it's directed by Chris McKay, and it's his second um, live-action feature length after the Tomorrow War. But before that, he was uh, in animation. He directed the Lego Batman movie, and it's a Skybound. Uh, production that's the company of Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman. I didn't know this until I saw the movie and saw there his name in the credits. So let's throw it, Muna, to our guest. Uh, Chris, how do you like Renfield? How did I like Renfield? Ah, uh, man, I th- I'm gonna say I definitely liked it more than I I thought I would because reviews have been middling, yeah. and and so I was just like super tentative. I'm like, yeah, I really, to be honest with you, I watched this movie because we 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 booked. Uh, one of our guests on Dead Air uh, is, is is actually in the film. She's a she she has a bit part in the in the in the movie. Uh, her name is Jenna Cannell. She she's she has a recurring 
uh, like comedic bit in in Renfield. Seamless um, plug. So that's the only reason. Yeah, seamless plug. Coming soon on Dead Air, <laughs> this special episode. But just go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's actually the only reason I, I I went to watch Renfield, and uh, yeah, I was really tentative about it because I was like, man, this just doesn't sound like my bag. You know, it might be too too mid. But you know, I I didn't find it mid. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was like surprisingly gory, um, and and I I yeah I, I enjoyed uh, the 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 blend of of both. Uh, again, maybe maybe it was my expectations. Um, I don't think it's incredible, but I, I I had a good time. Yeah, I think I'm 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 about pretty much the same. There are parts that I really really enjoy. But it's weird because uh, I think maybe the best part of the movie is the intro. I, I don't know if you agree there, but because uh, if you haven't seen it, Mel, the intro basically establishes the relationship of Renfield as the assistant, right, and and familiar of uh, of Dracula. But what's interesting is they show it in this montage that looks like the Lugosi Dracula films. So it's shot in black and white, square format, very you know old school sound design. And it's really nice. It's really uh, sort of campy, but well, really good with the details. And then, uh, as Chris mentioned, I was actually also genuinely pleasantly surprised at how gory. Because I didn't realize it was a splatter horror. So it was like suddenly arms start coming off. Please define splatter horror. Basically geysers of blood. Lots and lots of blood <laughs> shooting everywhere. Lots you know, and lots, lots of, of dismemberment, disemboweling, the occasional decapitation. Lots of D words, basically. Uh-huh. And then it's way more bloody than I expected. To. It's basically almost a cartoon violence type thing because when it happens, it's it's actually funny more than scary. So this movie is more of a black comedy in more than like a black horror um, or a comedy horror even because even the horror parts. They're they're sh- they're shot well and interestingly, but it's not really like scary in the sense. It's yeah. not, yeah. It's it, they're they're played as you know basically like shock value, but not like scare value. You know, like whoa, that was a lot of blood. And the other sort of flavor of the other type of uh, um, horror scenes are the sort of tropey um, Dracula ish scenes. Nah, they just you know give it their own little twist of sort. Uh, I've I've liked Nicholas Holt for forever. He's been great since you know uh, his debut in About a Boy. About yeah, a Boy. I mean, but he also has this background. But he like he did Warm Bodies with Jonathan Levy. And so and then he's got these very interesting roles. This is almost kind of like a spiritual sequel to Warm Bodies. A little bit, yeah. And then of course you know he does these interesting projects in his breaks from the great debut. So he had this and the menu. So and that one he wasn't the lead, but you know it's it's a, it's an, another black comedy of sorts. And I, I like his choices. And this is also, it's, it's hard to say that it's a, it's a great, it's not hard to say a, a great uh, Cage role, but what I'm trying to say is it's the most Nicolas Cagey, quote-unquote, role in a while. Because he's been on a great run, right? Mandy, um, Unbearable, wait, uh, Lightweight, uh, and then Pig. So... Um, He's been doing great roles, but those have been more serious type things, except for Unbearable, which is kind of a play on him, a meta thing. But this is a more, this is the kind of um, sort of campy, unhinged Nicolas Cage that I haven't seen in a while. And it's so nice to see because it's a role that has been, you know, the original Universal 
horror uh, monsters were some of his favorites growing up. So it's one of his uh, dream roles to play. And there are some moments when he's like going off on a tear as Dracula, which are really fun. Really, even acting wise, like wow, galeng. I mean, I, I kind of have missed because a lot of the roles also recently, major low key energy. See, Cage, right? but here he's like he got her. He's got to ramp it up. He's Vlad the Impaler. He's Dracula. He's Lord of the Undead. So yeah, this is definitely one of the cagiest cages that ever caged. In terms of modern comedy, Dracula though the the last one famously has been a cult, another cult favorite called Dracula Dead and Loving It. Is Renfield close enough to that movie? Like, where would you place Holt's Renfield? All the bugs are there. All the bug <laughs> yeah. is there. And it's not, it's not because slapstick. Eh? And uh, it's not like meta in that kind of Mel Brooks or Zucker Brothers vein. But yeah, it's, it's really more a black comedy. The, the parts that are sort of um, not super great for me are... The plot is very B movie-ish. Like it's supposed to be in New Orleans, Super. but there it's like Oh, so it's it doesn't take place in Bram Stoker's universe. No, no, no. It's in not like timeline. it's not like a canon thing. But they, they they had to move uh, around uh, and then you know they're living in a an abandoned hospital now. Decades after. Yeah, yeah. So decades after Renfield was turned, basically. Yeah, down. yeah. And then it's it's explained it's explained the man in the montage and then uh what else there are some really nice sort of funny side characters ben schwartz was in it which i didn't know walking in and he has some really fun scenes so with good. um with cage and then he even showed like uh on his twitter like some sort of bloopers because he was like he just wanted to try some improv with with cage because he had no clue how cage would react like and there was a part and he was like i don't know if you're fucking with me and <laughs> And then I think it got kept in, Pangai. And then, and it also, it's yung weird and weirdly enough, parang the straight man character is, uh, is Aquafina as a cop. And then there's uh, her sort of, uh, it's very sort of cliche, tropey a bit, yung, yung arc niya, which is like her dad was a cop, one of the last non corrupt cops on, on the force. And then her sister is in the FBI and they're both assigned in the same city. And then, but yeah. It, it's it's pleasant enough, not quite funny enough to really like become. I think one of the best of the year, but still considering uh, and, uh really we had no expectations for this going in beyond you know some positive feelings for some of the people involved. It's a it's an entertaining enough uh time at the cinema, and I think one of the things that does make it stand out is that surprising you know amount of uh gore and blood basically i'm just surprised that they they budgeted this at 60 million dollars and then it's only made i think 8 million in the u.s it's a a bomb um in the u.s so i wonder why they the universal i think i think is oh no it's not universal it's skybound no 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 skybound is the production company but i think it's universal it's still the universal. I, st- I yeah. think though the marketing was major weird. Yeah. So basically, nothing they can do to launch the universal monster verse will ever work. Well, we're gonna see the last voyage of the Demeter in a few months, which is oh, also universal. I cannot wait. So I I hope that doesn't tank because I want that to really do well. Yeah, and that doesn't play in a man as a comedy. Black comedy is a hard horror, sell. Yeah. yeah, but even the even the 
posters and marketing of this one I felt were like not enough. Yeah, I barely saw it. Yeah. Not just not just not present, but it was like not highlighting the things that I think would attract really the audience. That make yeah. it good. I felt that it could have been a straight to streamer release. I, I don't I think had it no idea been. that Ben Schwartz was in it. I had no idea that Aquafina was in it. You know, like yeah. So I didn't know anything about this movie basically. Uh, except that it's called Renfield. I'd still give it a go. But you know what's cool? I really enjoyed it. You know what's, what's, what's kind of cool? Because uh, see, Nicholas Holton, but he was like famously number two uh, right before Pattinson was cast as Batman. What? And I could not see it. No. Yeah, he was the second choice. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. It was between him and Pattinson. And I could not see it at all. I am so all. shocked. No. Yeah. Could not see it. But, like, he has got a fight scene here where I was like... Well, he is in the X-Men. I can see him as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. No, I mean, think of how... Just the fact that he was Nux in Fury Road, diba? Completely bald, painted white. Talagang very interesting din yung mga roles niya. He's also in the running out of her bond, I think. Pero... What? He just does not... He is not a sexy guy. You know how our path just smolders. Hindi, pero ano siya Medyo chameleonic siya I think, if anything, the trouble is you kind of always see the kid in About the Boy when you see him. No, no, I don't. I see a, I see a nerdy tall guy. Dude, he's buff. He's like fit. He's not, yeah, he's he's not lanky. He's, he's quite charming. <laughs> yes, like, he, he, he's he's really just charming. not hot for me. Maybe he's a charming boyfriend, but not a hot, like, you know. He's such a good asshole in the menu. Our pats. Our pats is all <laughs> yes, I have to he's say. He's so good. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, but but yeah, what I just wanted to say was like, parang I could before when I heard the news that he was like in the running for Batman, I was like, there's just no fucking way. But he's got a fight scene here where I was like, mm, I can see it, I can see it actually. Pattinson is definitely the better choice. Obviously. Oh yeah, but, but I was like, oh, I can see it, I can see it. Okay, fine. But Bond, I don't know. Maybe Bond, I don't know. Iba I'm not a Bond yung parang styling niya in terms of like. The hair, sure. the yeah. how the eyes, yeah. the hair. Parang yeah. pwede naman. Can you guys rank your your Renfield actors? Is it like so famously also Tom Waits played Renfield and and Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah, in the yeah the Fram, and the then Popular Peter McNichol yeah. uh, did the Dracula. I Den. think it. I think it might be Peter McNichol. Is your favorite? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, because the buck teeth talaga <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's it's that, that's yeah. There's no topping that. It's just the funniest. Like that's the he is, he he's is. the best thing about that movie, Dracula. Could and be, yeah. Uh, and you know, I love Leslie Nielsen, but it's really him. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the other horror movie in our roster. Evil Dead is next, Ramon. Yes, indeed, and Evil Dead Rise. I am staying away fifth. from this movie, FYI. It's the fifth feature film in this franchise, which also had a TV show that was three seasons. But it's not the more comedic, skewing uh, flavor that the original trilogy was. It's closer to the 2013 uh, Fede Alvarez. Um, not remake, but sort of restart, reboot. What do you think? Something like that. But It was intended as like a, uh, a reboot. Yeah, so it's, it's a more serious vein. And basically, the, the connecting thread is still the, the Necronomicon, Ex Mortis. The Necronomicon. Uh, the Book of the Dead. Um, and it is uh, written and directed by, what's his name, Chris? Lee Cronin. Lee Cronin. And his second film, am I correct? 
Yeah, he's a he's an Irish he's an Irish uh, uh, horror director. His first film was called The Hole in the Ground. Very quiet, uh, nice uh, opposite of this film. Actually, it was very you know very very slow paced and you know really builds up to a dread. This one is just like balls yeah. of the wall. So and yeah, yeah, dere, dere, cho, it's it's it doesn't it's relentless. It's just one night basically, one awful terrifying night oh, in this um, okay. sort of decrepit. Uh, apartment a really old apartment building and then it's it's like dilapidated and everything's not working most of the tenants have left it's condemned basically actually in the story you know do you remember I, i'm not super i'm not really familiar with any of the actors in this are you chris i'm only familiar with uh see Alyssa sutherland who who's uh who, you know who who plays uh the, the mother uh she's she's i only know her because she was in um it's really, really bad. Uh, Stephen King, The Mist. There's a two-season horror show of, of The Mist, which is, you know, uh, it, it's yeah, it's a, it's a yikes. It's a yikes. It's you know, you know, Stephen King is really like, he's more miss than hits in his uh in his adaptations. Yeah, th- that that's a major uh, yikes miss. Yeah, but yeah, she's 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 very recognizable because her look is so interesting. And she's what the daughter of Kiefer, or um, I do not know if she's actually related, but you know, uh, definitely not the daughter. But I don't know. But yeah, so basically, she is my new new horror crush, and my wife uh, is is uh, uh, aware of this. So, <laughs> so and with Evil Dead Rise, I think even with Evil Dead, no, uh, from twenty thirteen, you don't have to have seen any of the other uh, films. There's there's no there's no particular like continuing thing except for the existence of this book that keeps falling into uh idiots hands and then they they try to read it or you know or decipher it or whatever and it just calls forth uh evil spirits basically and so in this one just as a sort of setup for the plot no there is a guitar tech uh played named beth and she visits her sister uh is it molly tama the mom's name, um, but she visits her sister, who Ellie, Ellie, who has three kids, and they're living in this condemned building. Beth just found out that she's uh, preggers, and there's a handful of neighbors who are still clinging on to building. Um, unfortunately, there's uh, an uh, an earthquake, and it opens up this sort of hidden um, sub basement because the building used to be a, a bank back in decades ago and they discover you know in the sort of uh what do you call that that room the lock boxes basically in the bank vault safety deposit boxes they find uh the the dreaded necronomicon the book of the dead along with some uh vinyl records because as it so happens the son is a dj and then so (laughs) he plays he plays the he plays the records and then of course, for some idiot reason, whoever was deciphering the book ago, long ago, <laughs> uh, ends up summoning these spirits, and then uh, mayhem slash hijinks ensue. I think that was kind of clever. If I can just interject now, because it's always like it's always the idiot, the idiot who gets the Necronomicon always reads the forbidden words out loud. Dito, 
the the idiot who gets the book doesn't read the words. Yeah, he plays, he plays the it. fucking recording. Well, in the original <laughs> trilogy, it's also like they play someone's recording, it. Right? Like the there's, yeah, like, yeah. there's like an archaeologist or a prof- or a historian, a professor of something something, and then they they don't even know what they're listening to because it's like an abandoned cabin in the woods. This one is like, talagang Although may konting champa as a as a vinyl sort of semi-nerd there's some continuity issues because if it was recorded that should have been wax ano eh, diba? those should have been wax records and it it would not normally play on like contemporary equipment because it would be a, a different surface anyway whatever so <laughs> but what but what I Love did it. like is that the, fil- the filmmakers are fans of Stone's Throw because there were Stone's Throw stickers all over there was a st- there was a strong arm steady poster on the wall I noticed I was like ah this guy listens to Mad Lib so anyway What's very striking for me as not the horror obsessive that Chris is, is that there are genuine children in this Evil Dead, and it is merciless. Like they do Who not fall. Oh, they do not get spared in terms of getting traumatized, physically hurt, awful things happen wait, to them. Wait, wait. Question: Why do you mean? What do you mean by genuine children? They're like ch- kids. There's like young as in the previous films. They're like or? young adults. Eh? They're in their maybe teenagers oh, at the oldest. I see what you mean. Ito mga little okay. kids. Diba? I mean, well, there's like some the, the oldest teen is maybe 14, 15. Preteen. Yeah, the, yeah. And then there's a there's a there's a twelve and then there's like an maybe an eight, nine year old. Nine or oh, eight, yeah. And then talagang they get they get well, basically they get put through the ringer, basically. The ringer, yeah. One of the things I love most in a horror is when the thing that is terrifying is something familiar. In this case, the mother kasi gets possessed by an evil spirit. So, and, and they're all, you know, basically trapped in this sort of confined space, which is this uh, really just one floor of this, of this uh, condemned, dilapidated, falling apart, uh, old apartment building. And so it becomes a, a cat and mouse type um, film, very tense, uh, lots of twists and turns, some some uh, jump scares, but also some really nice moments of built up tension. Um, great sound design, super like the splatter horror of Renfield. It's nothing compared to this. This is just. I was genuinely shocked. Like, how is this not NC-17 <laughs> or X-rated in the Philippines? Because, yeah. and it's approved without cuts. Uh. The, uh, Evil Dead Rise, by the way, is an Ayala exclusive coming out May 10 in, in, in Manila. Um, but I'm amazed that it got approved without cuts. Because, again, there's violence against and, and by kids. Uh, Children. There's lots yeah. of bladed weaponry. Um, there's a, a, a notorious cheese grater scene. There is pretentious LPs and vinyls. <laughs> there is, uh, yeah, that's part of your horror. Yeah, curses. Yeah, uh, pagan rituals and a fun time was to be had by all. If if I may may say, uh, no, for yeah, definitely no. Yeah, stay away from this one. Stay away. I am just not spared from horror Twitter. This is yeah. Uh, this is my favorite horror film of the year so far. Wow. Um, yeah, easily. Yeah, this is. Uh, I had. A blast with this one. It's it's so good. Um, the the hype for this was was wild. Cause um, number one, the the following of 
the Evil Dead franchise is 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 huge, though. And then there have been a lot of plans after uh, the Evil Dead 2013. Um, they wanted to do a direct sequel to that, which never happened. Um, and then there was Ash versus the Evil Dead, a very very cool show. I really love it. Um, three ran for three seasons, so it's a it's a beloved franchise, Talaga. And then, and then this came out. Um, this was actually supposed to be direct to to streaming, uh, but it tested so well that they were like, you know what, just throw it in the theaters. And then now it, it's making tons of money off their this tiny budget. Yeah, uh, because uh, yeah, because like uh, you know the fan, the Evil Dead fandom came in in droves, and then like I think the marketing was great. It's got an excellent trailer. Um, uh, I mean, the, the one of the best lines I've ever heard. You know, mommy's with the maggots now. Oh like, like, I want, I, I want to put that on a shirt. You know, <laughs> mommy's with the maggots now. It's that's so a good. great Mother's Day card. <laughs> oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. I had a fantastic time. Like, this is the exact opposite of uh, like this is this is like the hype was like not enough for me because it is so so much better than the hype for me. I, I, I loved it so much. I, I kind of avoided the hype because I thought it might be spoilery. So I was also just pleasantly surprised. My favorite thing might be the pacing. And just the fact that the whole thing... Well, they, they almost all, except for Army of Darkness, I think. They almost all take place really in one night long. But, um, but it's just so well-paced that you can't really relax at all, ever. And it's not... Uh, a long movie also it's like tamalang in fact no, if anything all, yeah. if anything uh, you could do without the i won't spoil it but if anything you could do without the framing sequence it doesn't really do that much in terms of uh it, it seems like it was there just so that there would be a cabin in the woods <laughs> but uh, agree but but it that that framing sequence it gave you the best title sequence title card ever <laughs> it's so good but yeah I, I totally agree with you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do without it. But yeah, definitely a great horror film that uh, it should be seen in theaters with people. Should be seen in theaters. I, I, I. So I went. So I, I saw this at seven thirty last night. Um, in in Ayala, which is a small theater, but oh, dude, it was packed. I was surprised. Where? Um, in Ayala the thirtieth, ah. it's a small theater. Um. Uh, and that that theater is rarely packed. It's rarely packed because it's hard to get to if it's small. Anyway, so so I was when I came in, I was like, oh shit, there are a lot of people, and the crowd reaction was great. Yeah, oh, that's like, good. Like it was, oh man, like oh, it, it, like at every single beat that you knew, it was, like the cheese grater scene. Oh, so people screaming, and then like the, there's one scene where I, I'm just gonna spoil it, where a, a child eats crunches on glass. glass. Yeah. She starts to swallow it, and then you can see see the glass going through the throat. Um, uh, going through the throat, uh. and oh my god, the crowd reaction! <laughs> like I, I honestly, I, 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 like I had to like stand up for a bit. Like I was like, oh god, I cannot. I can't. that shot was incredible. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm still so buzzed about this film. I love it so much. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that surprised me. Is like normally these are shots that they would move. They would, you know sort of move the camera away, they would pan away because they're trying to preserve like a rating, right? Like, oh, we need this to be PG-13. So we can't show the actual, uh, you know, sharp objects entering flesh because that's going to give us an R. But this is whoa, everything's there and it's like not pretty. <laughs> and, it's, and it sometimes holds for long, which makes it even more horrific. Oh, 
Yeah, it's horrific. But, yeah, sige, go ahead, Mel. Yeah. You have my blessing. To what? <laughs> <laughs> Stay away. To Ricky the Ricky the movie. It's yeah, not the same. The, the wiki won't really do it justice. Eh? But I've just, just seen just screenshots facts. of the evil dead person, and uh, I no She's thank so you. She's so good, <laughs> Alyssa Sutherland. She is so good. No She's thank so you. So but so good. I, it looks so hot. it looks horrific. Okay. I mean, with a yeah. capital H. So this movie was made with with um twenty million dollars, and it's almost at a hundred million. Okay, so worldwide. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Cray cray. Yeah, so galing, galing. huge, huge return on investment. It's supposed to kick off like they they have plans talaga sila Sam Raimi. They have plans to continue this sort of Evil Dead quote unquote franchise. I don't know if they're gonna be uh, reusing some of the characters because they also want some of the characters from the show to continue, diba? There's there's fan favorites yeah. there, but I don't know if they're just gonna keep uh, only the book as like the continuing sort of thread connecting. And what was nice also was I noticed there was an assistant to Sam Raimi in the credits, which means he was on set a lot of the time, even though he's a producer. Lang. You were saying that earlier, Ramon, about like uh, about how how it's gonna how it is like super self-contained. Feeling cool, I think that might be what they're hinting at about like the future of the franchise. Bruce Campbell, because I said I went online and he was like, you know, we want to do one every three years. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna be like a connecting. Franchise, I really think that they're 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 gonna be doing like a uh, different person finds the Necronomicon or or you know, and then with like pot you know just peppering it with like small cameos or whatever. I think it's a, it's it's great. I, I think it's a great way to do the the franchise um, without now nah, you you know because there there's the chance of you know like like people really wanted uh, Mia from 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 uh, the last Evil Dead movie. Uh, 2013 to, to, to her story to be you know continued better you know I think this is a fresher approach to be honest yeah uh, so it won't be locked yeah. in different they people be... different people different trauma yeah. different, you know what I mean it could be but like it's... Alien or Mission Impossible well early Mission Impossible where yeah. different directors yeah, 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 yeah. different styles D- yeah because I was thinking exactly. one of the things I would love to see is something uh, like an Evil Dead better set in the Middle East something like that Different, <laughs> oh, different so culture good. entirely from because that's actually so where the book or Asian and Asian so, Middle Evil uh, Dead no, because the, the book that's... actually is from that area, eh, It was just taken by ano parang ninako ng mga Amer- American historians or whatnot. So because diba, they they flew over pa and Evil Dead to it, diba? Parang the daughter comes over to help her dad, etc., etc. Anyway, but yeah, the the book actually comes from that region. So it would be interesting to see it, but of course they would require subtitles, and of course Hollywood hates reading. When the hype leading up to this film was like, the director was like, "There's there's a Bruce Campbell cameo that you're not gonna find. He, he you're not gonna find it." So I of course did not find it at all. I, but I just you know went on Wikipedia to look for it, and wow, it's so cool, Pala. So he had a, a quote unquote teeny tiny little cameo. Um, and and so basically, his cameo is uh is in in the recording, it's in it's it's in those wax recordings, uh, uh Ramon. Uh, so basically, he's the guy that says, um, it's called the Book of Dead for a reason. He shouts that line, and then Lee Cronin said, "Yeah, that's Bruce Campbell, because that is a time displaced Ash Williams." And I was like, oh, fuck, that is incredible. So that's Ash Williams from, obviously, Army of Darkness? Evil Dead 1, okay. Army of Darkness. Because 
the Army of Darkness director's cut, it ends the bad that he's like, yeah, yeah. you know, he's time displaced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in, he's the, in future. the future, oh. but 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 yeah. So now apparently he went back to the past, and then he was warning other people about the Necronomicon. So I thought that was so cool. Well, obviously, if you're a studio and you want to make bank, the there's only two things that you're going to release this year. It's either horror or a big IP. Horror is the way to go for people who are investing into film because low low production cost, high return if it's good. Um, that's been kind of the story yeah. uh, so far. That's what they were told then on Renfield. Grave. Maybe no, maybe that's why the studio execs were like, "Let's have a horror, but make it funny." No, I'm sure. Yeah, and it was attached with Rumi. It was a Robert Kirkman project, pa, so I'm sure yeah. they were under that. Malaki din yung budget nila. Yeah, sixty-five. Renfield was what sixty-five million. This one, Evil Dead, was one third of that. Yeah, but no names then, kasi that also helps. I mean, in terms of like you know. Anyway. Apart from horror, the other sure thing for a lot of studios right now is IP and big IP for this year. Well, as Ramon said earlier, it is launching the summer season. It's uh, a lot of people are saying Marvel is back. I don't know why, where it's back from because there was Spider-Man far from home. My favorite tweet from from this round was like the best film, the best Marvel film since Quantumania. <laughs> <laughs> so we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. We were gone for quite a while, but no matter what happens next, the galaxy still needs its guardians. The concluding chapter of James Gunn's trilogy within the Marvel Universe before he hightails it for, I don't know if it's greener pastures, but uh, hopefully more fresh and certainly more green in terms of money pastures of DC films. Uh, Yeah, so he wrote and directed it again. Um, Although he shared writing duties with the first, right? And then I don't know if he wrote and directed Solo, the second one. Between 2 and 3, there was also the Christmas special, which I really enjoyed. Hilarious. Which highlighted um, Drax and Mantis. And, and Kevin Bacon. And it featured Kevin Bacon. Um, also had some reveals that, uh, well, let's just spoil it. So basically, as we all sort of suspected, Peter and Mantis are half-siblings. Um, what else? Um, he did write the... Uh, the uh, Guardians part of parts of uh, Love and Thunder, apparently. Or at least uh, was a consultant for, for those scenes. Yeah, yeah, he was a consultant, yeah. Because he was grateful that they got... <laughs> they basically were removed. He wasn't happy, pala, apparently. I read that article. Oh, really? How he come? wasn't happy that parang Thor got With Love and in. Thunder. No, no, at the end of Endgame, when they thumped, they sort of lumped Thor in. Lumped in Thor with Guardians. Oh, Gets okay. ko why Gunn was a little not happy about that. But at the same time, it's also from the comics. So it's not like it, was, it's not like it came out of nowhere, diba. So um, I think there's some sort of residual trauma slash drama kasi from the very weird time that James Gunn was fired from three. I was gonna say, let's remind people what happened three years ago. Yeah, so a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, incels dug up 10-year-old tweets from Gunn. 
um, some off-color jokes that they said were offensive. And as a result, they kind of created this wave, sort of a fake wave of outrage that compelled then Disney head, was it Alan Horn? But anyway, he was fired by someone at Disney. Um, Feige did not agree with this decision, um, but definitely the cast was not happy. Most vocally, Dave Batista. Um, and then the and then there's in this article one of the best bits is that during this period, uh, apparently um, Chris Pratt was sending him Bible quotes and verses. <laughs> So trying to help him get through it. Famously Republican, like, conservative, Gun... and Catholic. But also, Chris I was like, isn't Gun Jewish? Anyway, so <laughs> fast forward later. Um, well, what happens is Gun goes on to write and direct The Suicide Squad for DC, which is their best received project uh, in a while. And then... He hadn't been announced as like taking over yet, but after definitely after Suicide Squad had come out, he was rehired by Feige because the guy who fired him uh, was gone, and also another badass, bad dude Perlmutter was also removed from Disney, no longer in charge of um, Marvel on the executive side. Feige had more power. And also, even in that period where Gunn was fired, see, Feige was fighting Disney and was insistent that even if we're not using him as director, we're not using anyone else's script because the script of, 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 of Volume 3 was already done and he liked it. And they were like, we're, we're going to finish the story the way, you know, the way it was written because it, was, you know, it follows all these things that uh, were established. So, yeah, there's a little bit residual trauma from that I guess in, in how final that everyone's been talking about this uh, third volume um, a lot of the actors have said that they're probably not going to reprise these roles anymore without gun but I don't think they really have a say if they've got multiple picture deals in their contracts we'll see um, anyway let's get into it's a two and a half hour movie um and plot wise it's pretty simple i think one of my favorite things is that the entire film is really just a long rescue operation thank right? god and it's not too convoluted in fact one of my things uh, that i like most is the first 30 minutes um the first scene is a really sort of dark for guardians um scene where basically they're dealing with uh star lord's alcoholism and basically it establishes that he's still not sort of over what happened with um gamora and you know the having her die and then come back to life without the memory of them having known each other so you know there's a whole ship of theseus thing going there um and then as dark as that is, there's an ambush from uh, Adam Warlock who was introduced in the, or hinted at in the post credit scene of Volume 2. So he appears and kidnaps one of the, basically kid, or attacks one of the members of the Guardians. 
and to save him they have to you know basically do a heist uh in typical guardians fashion it's very it's very funny it's got heart it's not as great as some of the major OA rapturous twitter critics are saying it's a little bloated um there's a lot of endings very return a of the little. king um, <laughs> but yeah i mean how about so yeah, mel how about since since this one you did see how did you how did you find gotga 3 again gotga 3 we were all at the premiere thank you very much disney and stratworks um can I ask you guys something? Uh, Mong and I were in argument because we couldn't remember how Gamora came back to life. It's been that long. She's an older version of herself. Yeah, is it from Endgame? It's from Endgame. Is it an Endgame thing? Yeah. Because they went back in time. And then... The time she... heist. Uh, but, but she came back with them. But it's the and version this... okay. that never met, that hadn't yet met ano, the Star-Lord and the other Guardians. So it was not in any of the Thor movies or any of the Marvel no, shows, no, no. right? It was from no, Endgame. No. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The end of Endgame nga is, diba, that, uh, that they don't know each other. Parang ganon. I really wish there was like some, I don't know, some like... Primer. Parang ano, primer previously yeah. on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yes, please. Think, it's been years, guys. Four years. I think this is why when you started this, Melno, uh, uh, with a quote that, that's like, uh, you know, Marvel is back. Where has it been? Like it's it's basically the the that quote really means like because everyone got fucking Marvel fatigue. That's me. And like yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, and you have you have you have talked about it uh, a few times now, and honestly, so have I. Um, but but yeah, that that's basically it. And then sometimes you're like, where did this come from? What this when when did this happen? What did that do? You know. So so that that that's basically where what what it means for me. Marvel fatigue is weird though for me because I think it fucks up our memories. Eh? Because when I look mm-hmm. back, naman though, I do. I when I look back, I did enjoy Doctor Strange too. I enjoyed parts of. We Love did. And, we pa- yeah. we talked about yeah. it. I enjoyed parts yeah, of Love and Thunder. I loved No Way Home. Me too. The only, th- no the only time Wakanda was, Forever. I yeah, felt Wakanda was Forever very was fantastic. great. So parang fantastic. Sometimes people talk about the fatigue, but it's only in a feeling of like, oh, it's relentless. They just keep coming out. But we're watching them. They're more or less good. The first time I was really disappointed in a long time was Quantumania, which really just felt like lazy. Wow. And that then, was like a green screen movie. Yeah, I mean, anyway. it, 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 it's <laughs> yeah. weird. It was a cartoon, right? Because, yeah, and the, it was a cartoon, my God. And, uh, it, it, it didn't have any of the pathos that Gotga 3 has. It you know it had characters that weren't established. But then again, and it, it's also the end of a you know a quote unquote Ant Man trilogy. And yeah, that's going to end. That there's not going to be an Ant Man four after that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think it just also means you know the shows and then like because I have not right, seen right, all the shows. Yeah, all the shows also I know. Yeah. And even the shows are yeah. I've been enjoying them. There's some great ones. Much the ones I've seen, I oh I, I yeah. love. Miss Marvel all, but I haven't great. seen all. I love Miss Marvel. I even like Moon Knight, but they're all different flavors. Eh? Hawkeye was great. What? Okay, fine. I've not seen Hawkeye. Oh wow! I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Like, well, I guess this is you know being being uh, having a small child. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, like uh, Winter Soldier, Captain America, Winter Soldier. I really enjoyed. I yeah. I've not seen Loki. Confusing. Um, so. So like so that's why I'm like fuck. Am I gonna get lost in these 
you know, yeah, like yeah. like even the end credits of of Quantum I'm like, Ugh. yeah. I mean, obviously this is from Loki. You know, like I don't know what's happening. That's why I was so happy. Like to Ramon's uh, point that that Gatga Part Three was very simple. It's so self-contained. Self-contained, easy to follow. Apart from the Gamora-ness of it all, like where did she come yeah, from? Yeah, yeah. Isn't she dead? I forgot all of this shit. It's James Gunn's greatest hits, pretty much, and he sticks to it. The music, the quips, the characters, the beats. It's it's. What what I love is like it's a massive cast, but mm-hmm. everyone had a moment, like a good moment. Like I didn't feel anything was super, you know, kulang or stretched out. I think it was perfectly balanced. Um, yeah, like it, it's it's hard to juggle all of that. That's a that's a huge. You know, the ensemble group dynamic, it, it really worked uh, for, for me. I even had to ask Mong, where did, oh my gosh, where did the um the gold people come from? From two. That's Elizabeth from the two, right? Because yeah. yeah. in my yeah. head, these guys were in Love and Thunder. That's how <laughs> no, mixed up everything yeah. is in my head. Because uh, well, they're gods. To be fair, kasi, those are the films right, where James Gunn, if we remember, was the first of the Marvel Guardians One and James Gunn was the first basically Marvel project where this the the feel and style and stamp of the director was all over the project. But it should have been it should have been preceded by Edgar Wright on Ant Man, but him leaving it, it didn't have the same feel, diba. Right? Um but this one was like very much uh, a personal style and 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 uh, and approach. And that's why it's it became inextricable, eh? and and so you know it would be weird not to continue doing that without gun, and um, but the other sort of thing that this it, it opened the door for Taika taking over Ragnarok, and then that one also became very much uh, you know a director's style and especially sense of humor being all over, and then they're both also very comedy skewing, diba. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's why there was also that sort of confusion. It's just jumbled up in my head. The yeah. James Gunn. Yeah. And the YTD of it all. Yeah. Yung parang, the, yeah, the, the quippiness it. and the, and then yeah, they were, they were, they were the sub. Because there's a formula. They have a formula. Right. The sub enemies action, also. Action, action. Joke, joke. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If anything, kasi, like, there are things I really loved about Guardians, no? But there are also some glaring problems which I... I don't know. Let's go into spoiler territory. Spoiler alert! Don't listen if you haven't seen the movie. All right, spoilers. Okay. Well, I don't know if maybe I can get away with it, but for me, I think my biggest problem with three is that, um, and the problem with a lot of Marvel projects is the the bad guy not being compelling. And this is a problem for me. What? You didn't think his laway was compelling enough? The the Jonathan Majors-ish oh, performance? Uh, OTT performance? Over the top? Yeah, no. you know why? <laughs> Do you just compare him to Jonathan Majors because he's black? Wow! Whoa! No, dude. Grabby. He was very Whoa. Jonathan Majors. Come on. Very Kang. It's not just Jonathan. It's every villain in James Gunn's trilogy. That's my problem. He has used the same person as the bad guy in all three movies. Diba? Lee Pace, Kurt Russell, Chuck Woody, 
it's the same personality a super which era. is the leader who wants to create a perfect civilization yeah that's that's more plot but what i mean is it's like a super arrogant superior feeling pandering okay yeah arrogant you know condescending person who as soon as you know the guardians start throwing monkey wrenches in his plans starts to do you know temper tantrums and starts behaving you know loses their cool and composure and starts overacting and going over the top and it became you know it became repetitive with Kurt Russell but with Chukudi it just felt kind of annoying now and also disappointing because we we know Chukudi is great from from um Peacemaker but he's the he's their boss in that show and then that's and his his and and Gunn loves working with the same people once he establishes a great Really working relationship with them, but his his wife is in is in Guardians, uh, in a small role. Um, Daniela Melchor uh, from Suicide Squad is also in the film. Um, a lot of returning people. But I mean, it's good that he actually sidelined um, Kraglin and Cosmo uh, by having them remain on nowhere. But yeah, the the, the trouble is, yeah, um, it just became, and also. Both High Evolutionary, the bad guy, and Adam Warlock, they really kind of don't resemble anymore the, the versions in the comics, right? Because High Evolutionary is so cold and dispassionate. And there's, a, there's parts of that in the movie. He's actually most scary for me when he's like, forget this, it failed, let's start over, destroy everything. And it's so, walang thought, walang feeling. And that's the part that's more sinister and, and scary now. It's just, you're all just beneath no my notice. No over-explaining involved. Yeah. Like that. But wala yung screaming and then tantrums. And like, I know actors also feel like they need to do most acting instead of best acting for a role or to be noticed. But you don't have to wait. It's, it kind of diminishes the, the threat level. The... The sort of um, quote unquote mystique, I guess, where and then the otherworldliness, parang sayang. Anyway, but yeah, even like I was telling Chris during the premiere, like I hope there are no hardcore Adam Warlock fans because this guy doesn't present gonna, anything yeah, from the not comics. At all. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of, Mong was very disappointed. Adam that's Warlock. how they depicted Adam Warlock. <laughs> Why, why did they? Why did they make him so dumb? He's not dumb. He yeah. Like that. <laughs> 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 himbo siya, eh, di ba? Yeah. Wala lang. He just thought it was gonna be like you know the comic book version. Well, because they've been pretty faithful otherwise, naman, eh, But yeah, it just felt like, hmm, this is uh, this is definitely a choice. <laughs> it it is a choice indeed. Why and, and so in the comic books he's supposed to be a cool guy. What is he? Well, he's sw- Superman level. So oh, parang... is he Superman level like endearing or very cold? A little more cold because uh, he's ano, he's sort of the caretaker of the Infinity Stones after the whole Infinity Gauntlet, Mishagas. So parang he's the one protecting it, and then he has his own parang team then who, who who take care of the stones etc etc they were introduced actually in in the end of eternals diba see harry styles and see Patton oswald as pip the troll yeah so i don't know if that'll ever get picked up eternals too hint hint but uh <laughs> we'll see if that ever happens but yeah it's just 
it it does I, I get why they went that way because yeah this the cast is already staggering but yeah it doesn't and in the comics the the stone on his forehead is ano eh, a stone the infinity stone yeah so it's, it's like sort of like vision in that sense i was wondering if they would ever bring that up or, or make note of it but uh, apparently not but I, I was happy just to see elizabeth debicki back in her gold face Man, that that height joke with with her that that, that was so good. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Actually. That was good. That was so good. And it's best because no one brings it up. The papa, no. it's just it's just you just notice someone is bringing a stool <laughs> so that they will be he will be slightly taller than her. And oh, like, it's so That's good. good. Yeah. That so good. yeah, I mean, those are the strengths as usual about guns, comedy. Um, there's so many nice moments of levity, and uh, what it does, because is it. It softens you up for the emotional blows, right? And this is very, uh, very much an emotional movie. The flashbacks, the origin story of Rocket, um, very moving. Linda Cardellini playing the uh, the author, so that's Hawkeye's wife. I kept looking for her. It's like, where's Linda Cardellini? Oh, she's the author. Yeah, she's Lila. Yeah. So, and also just you know, because we come on, Ramon, were you not? Cringing at some parts of the dialogue. No, Mel, it's corny for a reason. No, come guys. on, come on, I, guys. My name is Floor because I'm on the floor. No, oh my, so it's like Han Solo naming himself Han Solo all over again. He didn't name himself Solo. It was oh, the guy the processing dude. him through <laughs> immigration. You, you're, you're traveling solo. Okay, Last I actually, solo. Oh. I actually really like that origin. I, I know that you and Quark hate it. I, I know that. a lot of other people oh, hate it. But gosh. honestly, it it makes it so sad. Na. Oh, you're Orphan talking about Solo? No, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but thought... sa akin, even the cringy part, it felt naman aware. Like, he knew this was like super cute, but you can't oh, resist it when it. it's a fluffy oh, Ramon, you heard me rabbit. audibly groan like, oh my God, when they went to heaven Mel, and were in like heart. the Matrix White. <laughs> no, it was like, the, no, the train station from Harry Potter. From Harry Potter. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but but actually, oh, what I was my point that I was getting to was, unfortunately, but it's not really a feature that I'm looking for. There is no subtext in James Gunn movies. Whether it's whether it's the these ones or or Slither, Brightburn, no, it's not because they actually say it. It's text, So okay, same. Every everything, every theme is going to be said out loud in dialogue. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So that's what I mean. There's nothing that's going to be make there. He's not. He's going to make sure that nothing is left to your. Uh, is nothing. Nothing is going to be missed in terms of like. Sure. What we're about. So yeah, like our theme is really family. Yeah. Okay. uh, and then the, the togetherness, a bunch of losers coming together. Yeah, 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 yeah family, yeah. which is the whole, it's a great trope. Oh, yeah. That's why they kept saying, we're a family. I'm so happy. So, Pan, this is just a step above uh, Fast and the Furious. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's several steps. <laughs> but the thing is, is it, is it correct to want subtext from a James Gunn? Not necessarily. So, I, I don't think it's necessarily a drawback. The thing for me lang was the villain being... You know, major forgettable. Really, I just, agree. Uh, an excuse to be the. I agree. The red, I agree the with, the, with the with the yeah. I agree. I totally agree with the, with the weak villains. Like I honestly did not enjoy two that much. Ego, I it was okay. Uh, Parang ego, kasi, so if it wasn't for if it me, wasn't yeah. Kurt Russell, diba? 
Union, they say eh. exactly. If it was Kurt not Russell's Kurt Russell, charisma really sells like, it. Yeah, and Pero, yeah. But but I mean, like the things that shine really are, you know, the you know, yeah, yeah the, it's the hammering into you, you know, like this is about friends and trusting your friends and sticking up for them, you know, that that uh, even though it is corny and it's not, it, they're really shouting it, like it 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 works for me, um, you know, it, it and feels the corniness. very full circle for me. Um, uh, it started out like that in the first film, um, you know, he lost his family, he found a new one. And then now all he does is Peter Quill does is just fight for his family, his new family. But then he goes back to his real family. So it's a, it really felt like a full circle thing. Oh yeah, for, for me, not yeah. just with him. Like one of my favorite things is the is the call back to Drax being a dad, because that was one of the best scenes in one. Which I completely forgot about. I yeah, exa- yeah I completely forgot because they don't bring it up after the first movie. Yeah, and it's one of the best scenes in one, because. He kind of fucks up the whole plan because he attacks uh, Ronan on nowhere, right? When they were supposed to be in hiding, because that's the guy who killed his family. So, parang ah, okay, that's a that's a good callback. And 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 Nebula calls him out on it, but this is what you are. And then, so even though there are these aspects, now it's it is very much nicely all wrapped cleanly with a bow, almost too clean. Um, there's still a lot, some bloated parts, but. Yeah, more or less, it's it's the thing you really wanted from a conclusion of Guardian of the Galaxy, which is very funny, lots of heart, great songs, and some fun cameos in action. Nathan Fillion, <laughs> Ramon, <laughs> I have something to say. Hmm. The the animals, no? Did you not get like a major V three? Yeah, that? super. Especially the designs, right? Especially the rabbit, see floor, yeah. yeah, and That's even true. even floors, uh. His cadence, you know, he's the dumb one, diba? Pero kudos talaga to ano ah. High up yung work ni Bradley Cooper on this project. Oh man, so I good. I did not expect it to be like, wow, he really... Guys, he's he's actually doing press for this movie. That's very rare. I think it's in his contract that he will not do he's, any press as Rocket He's Raccoon, so good, he's so he, good he's though. He's doing it. In this one, yeah. He's, he's a favorite, he's a favorite. Definitely. Yeah, and Groot finally says a line that's not, I am Groot. Yeah, Shigurohi, what else are the highlights? Shigurohi really fought for that no, after... I thought, I thought Peter Quill was going to end up with um, Nebula. Why do you think that? Because oh, they were setting it up in As rom-com speak. As a joke. Was it a joke, really? <laughs> Come on. Nebula yeah. was kind of like giving him black eyes. Like, you know, <laughs> Let's see, that's all she's eyes. got. She's got no <laughs> other choice. <laughs> that, uh... Also for a highlight, sorry, just really quickly... Uh, that that hallway fight scene was incredible. I, I really love that. Ah, yeah, the Warner. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Very, trying to call know. back to Avengers one. And that was you a know, that must have taken a long time to plan. Yeah, it was really well but, thought yeah, out. Very really clever. well executed. Yeah, really nice clever. And, and it's not just the moves there, but it showcases everyone's personality with how they fight. Really good. And this movie had two Filipino uh, no, Americans in, in one Who's the second one? Marvel no, project. Diba? Who's the See, second one? No, the guy from Superstore. Nico Santos. Yeah, that's and, him. and Batista. Oh, yeah, of oh, course. Right. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bautista, of course, I should of course. say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, question, true. guys. So since we're in spoiler territory, we're what in in the two end sequences, end credit sequences. So the first one is uh, the new Guardians, so to speak. 
we will not be seeing any more movies with that version of Guardians, right? Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, ito na. This is it, if ever. So wala nang role si Adam Warlock. Mm. Oh no, that, that this is the new Guardians. Yeah, but does that mean that Adam Warlock is not going to appear in other movies or there's still a chance that he will? I suppose sure there is a chance. I'm positive he will, yeah. I don't know what their plans are for him and Kang, but they're they're both like in that sort of cosmic space uh, cast of characters. Yeah. Okay. Question number two: the very last sequence we see Peter Quill with his grandfather, and then it fades to white, and it says Star Lord will be back. What does that mean? I think that means that's just like a, re- a reassurance to fans. They're like, guys, he's not retiring. He'll he'll be back. Uh, I knew I, they, they I, use it as like a hype machine for other movies, but I think for this one, they're really like, yeah, no, he'll be back, guys. Don't worry. I think that Chris Pratt just will not let go of all of these roles because, you know, he's Mario, so he's Garfield, Chris Hemsworth he's will also not let go of being Thor, so. Well, he kind of said he did, right? Because he kind of said he did, yeah. Yeah, his health thing. Oh, for Limitless, you yeah. mean? Okay. Uh, wait, what? Limitless, his show. What about... Uh, I'm talking about the Parkinson's. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, where that's, that's where he was. That's where he revealed yeah. it. Oh, okay, right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when they do like their big Avengers thing, they'll probably show up there. Yeah. That's my, that's my guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they will. God, this is like, I'm, I am handing in my geek cred. This is still fa- phase three. Or phase four. four. This is still, is this the last of phase four? I don't know. This is, I don't know. The last of phase... Wasn't it Quantumania or something? I oh, sorry, Quantumania yeah, is the ba? end of. So this is the the start of phase. I oh my guess. god! Which phase are we? It on? was a. It was a phase five. Wasn't the start like a show or something like that? Damn! I have no clue, dude. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy Phase Five. It's Phase Five. It's Guardians Three Phase Five. Guardians Three is officially part of Phase Five. That was at the beginning. Second movie of Phase 5 following Ant-Man. Oh, so Quantumania God, kicks Quantumania off. was the first? Yeah. Wow, that's that's because it's the one with the Kang, eh? <laughs> so I guess. That is horrible way to start your new phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, so up agreed. next is... Um, the Marvels. The Marvels. Which looks great. That, that looks trailer so looks good. fantastic. It yeah. looks very, so good. Very oh my colorful. God. But, but that is one of the most downvoted uh, trailers of all time. Yeah, but we know because why. All because all these incels hate Brie Larson. Racists, you know. Like, guys, fucking enjoy shit sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, come on. That is so, f- that trailer is so fun. And amazingly, Iman is the standout in the trailer. Yeah, she oh, is. Oh, I think that's why it's being downvoted, right? Because there's a lot of minorities in yeah, the trailer. Of course. There's a it's Korean mi- dude. Yeah. It's all minorities. It's all women. <laughs> it's black. all minorities. Brie Larson. It's, it's women. Uh, women of different races. They're yeah, all aliens, pa. My God. Literally aliens. Illegal aliens. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just like scrolling through the whole trailer like, where is a fucking white man? Where is? There's none. You're right. In the trailer. It's just Brie. And the guys don't like Brie. It looks so fun. It looks so fun. It does. Did it you does. notice yung, ano, yung sobrang ganda ng pasok una ng intergalactic? Because it's like <laughs> the, 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 that percussion sound lang. And I didn't know what it was at first. Pero it's also perfect because if you remember, parang one of the criticisms was like, 
Uh, Brie Larson doesn't smile in this movie. Parang ganon. She's just always like got a grimace on her face in Captain Marvel, etc., etc. But the first line from Intergalactic you hear in the trailer is "Don't tell me to smile." Oh, good uh, Don't tell me to smile. Okay. Ganda. You're right. Mira, when she was with us when we were watching this movie, and then the trailers came out, and that split second of Park Sojourn, she was like, "Oh my gosh, it's PSJ." Oh, I, I heard this new generation. <laughs> this new generation. I, just, I heard her say that. That's funny. <laughs> wow, that's all she could recognize. Uh, that was funny. Between the three Marvel releases, which one do you think is going to finish at the top of the box office? Would you, will it be Guardians it, or Marvel? I don't. Guardians has an advantage. Guardians, I think. Yeah, especially since it's also summer. Eh? So, especially like in the states, but like if kids aren't in school, then they'll have more you know, free time. Mm. But also, it's like the concluding part of a trilogy that you know isn't Ant Man, and then, yeah, it, it also it delivers the goods. Eh? Yeah, it does. I can't wait to see the the merchandise that's gonna come out of Guardians. All those dismembered dolls. Yeah, I just wanted to mention also. I was really delighted by the designs in this movie. Like everything looked so fucked up, weird, organic. But especially oh, the station. especially yeah. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the organic planet or, or, so or gross, the HQ man. of the company, yeah. Even the body suits. Oh, the bulbous hair! Oh my god! The body suits, nila Nathan Fillion. It felt like this was the most Cronenbergian uh, a Marvel movie has looked. When they were slicing, when they were trying to get into that organic yeah. spaceship, <laughs> and then they, it's like layers of epidermis. Yeah. With with pla- with like whatever glands goo, <laughs> oh, disgusting. But yeah, <laughs> great creature design. I'll miss you, James Gunn. I think you you did such a good job. Although those parang creatures that they end up riding, parang they just recycled the raftars from Star Wars Seven. <laughs> I I really quickly I just want to say like since James Gunn is leaving, um, a. a I, I am a massive, massive, massive Superman fan. And James Gunn wrote and is directing the new Superman movie. Yeah, Everything legacy. he's tweeted so far has really made me so confident about his, his vision about it. And seeing this, I'm just like, I, I really see him doing an incredible job. I, I just want to you know, let that out into the world. Um, I'm, I'm very excited. Chris, have they announced who's going to take over? No, Superman. no, not yet. Not but they, yet. but they, wow. but he did they see that the candidates are good. Casting is really good. So yeah. Any guesses? Any rumors? Nicholas Holt, though. <laughs> <laughs> if you Google his name right now, my absolute fan cast is this guy called David Cornsweat. He's in Cornsweat. He's in Pearl. He is the projectionist of Pearl. He is in uh, this Netflix show called The Politician. Google uh, him right oh, now, guys. Oh, I, I see. I see. He looks like um. He looks like the guy in the TV Superman. Yeah, he, he's he's a good actor. Yeah, Machado on the nose. Are you, are you? Okay, I can see it now. The IMDb page, IMDb pick is not great, but if you just click on Google Images, it's better. Okay, I can see it. Yeah, he looks like a younger Cavill. Yeah, he looks like a younger Cavill. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he looks really Tom good. Welling, I, I, I Tom Welling, I hope it's him. Like but Tom like, there are a bunch of yeah, there there are a bunch of other candidates that look really good. Anyway, but aside from this, it's it's like the way he James Gunn is like approaching the character. That's why I brought up uh, We Three earlier 
um, because that's written by Grant Morrison. And if James Gunn is a fan, th- fan of Grant Morrison, he's just going to kill this, you know, uh, kill Superman. So uh, in a good way. Like, with regard to what Mel said regarding the corniness in in the dialogue Superman's of Superman's corny. Yeah. I love it. It'll be I, bagay I for yeah, Superman. It'll, it'll be bagay for Superman. Yeah, it's baggy for Superman, but not for Guardians. Hindi, kasi they're, ano eh, parang the whole crudeness of the humor softens you for that kind of, ano eh, oh, suddenly they're being emotional about, ano, because they love each other now. Uh, my name is Thief, because I have Thief. Oh my God. That's so <laughs> cute. Me. Man, what's wrong with you? That's so cute. <laughs> Honestly, one of the parts that got me teary with ano, Guardians wasn't even like the flashback necessarily, but it was, ano, um, okay, so this is spoileria, but when a certain person wakes up and they've been trying to save this person the whole time, the, the first thing Mantis says is, parang, I'm glad you're alive. I love you. She says it immediately. And it's like, oh, that was so nice. Parang, ang galing, galing na, parang she learned her lesson na parang don't let unsaid things go. Uh, uh, don't let things remain unsaid. Parang ganon. Well, well, well thought out. Any final words, Chris? A uh, big fan of Guardians. Uh, this trilogy uh, entirely uh, is, uh, is uh, really emotional and fun. And I, I feel that this third movie really wraps everything into a nice little bow. Uh, very pretty. Um, but if we're going back, um, really enjoyed Renfield, but Evil Dead Rise is fucking excellent. <laughs> That's that. Those are my last words. My last words are Guardians of the Galaxy 1, and then 3, and then 2. That's my ranking. Ramon? I think I said more or less what I have to say in terms of their good movies and good times at the theater, emotional. Just don't listen to... Um, what sound like paid hacks, basically. These are the same people who are like, yeah, Quantumania is great. No. <laughs> Genre defining. <laughs> anyway, all right, Chris, thank you so much for coming on board and talking to us about movies. And guys, please don't forget to check out Chris's two other podcasts. He's the hardest working podcaster in this country. There's Banff which is about comic book adaptations and graphic novel adaptations with our other faves, Mick Vergara and Andrea Walter. Not just comic books. It's anything. Video games. Anything adapted. Novels, video yeah, games. Any adaptation. We did have an NSA crossover about The Last of Us. Do mm-hmm. check that out. Yes. And Chris's other pod with Miguel Nascenseno and Aaron Cristobal called Dead Air, where it's all horror all day, all the time. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for listening and bye. 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 Thank you, Anselate. <laughs>